Hello, all guys, gals, and non-binary pals, and welcome to the newest episode of the Noobs and Knockouts podcast, taped live at Twitch and brought to you on YouTube, on Spotify, on Google and Apple Podcasts. I'm Austin. I'm a knockout. Watched a lot of wrestling. I'm David. I'm a noob. Haven't watched nearly as much wrestling, and I believe more than anything in the power of friendship. Let's fucking go. Yep, because we are back in Lucha Underground, where friendship won the day last time we were here. Uh, Lucha Underground, uh, whose subtitle is famously "Friendship is Magic." Mm-hmm. Yep, that's it. That's true. That's that. This is this is true. Many people are saying it. Yep, power of friendship, truly. <laughs> Anywho, but yeah, uh, we have we are continuing our journey along season one of Lucha Underground. Last time we watched episodes twenty three and twenty four, mm-hmm. which were hugely devoted to the trios tag team tournament that to decide the first ever trios tag team champions yes and how fucking magical was that conclusion i am so happy i uh, i as i pointed out last time i keep having to eat a whole bunch of fucking humble pie on this show for every time i have very wrong opinions but oh boy am i so happy that on Helico, Ivalice, and especially Son of Havoc are holding that gold, baby. It's true. They are your champions. It's great. They learned the power of friendship along the way, yes. even though they were put together because they were expected to fall apart. Uh, <clears throat> Havoc and Ivalice were able to overcome their, you know, very awkward breakup feelings. Good on them. You'll, you'll love to see it. And on Helico, is just like, hi, I'm on, I'm on Helico. Yeah, Son of Havoc <laughs> and Angelico got over the fact that Angelico wanted to fuck Son of Havoc's girlfriend, and he was like, hey, what the fuck, man? Why? Why? Yeah. Why you do that? I I still don't entirely get why Angelico was trying to get with Ivalice. I feel like if you saw Ivalice for more than two seconds for any amount of time she spent on screen before that final match where they won the belts, it would just be so full of red flags that it would look like <laughs> some mega fucking bullfighting tournament okay it would not i i don't understand why anyone would want to get with ivalice just based on what we've seen of her so far but i guess you do you well buddy. you ain't got a dater to have sex with her so yeah but even then i feel like it'd be a lot and like i i don't know i i I, I get I get everyone is different types, but I don't I don't know if the screams that you've at the slightest inconvenience type is just good for anything, you know. I I, I not not personally my cup of tea. I don't know. Oh well, doesn't oh. matter because they it's all water under the bridge. Yay! The champions now. Yes, yes. Yep. I cannot wait to see where this goes. Yeah. Meanwhile, other stories that went on uh, last time is we had the the culmination of the Drago Aerostar best of five. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Dario Cueto giving his his fancy speeches to them in yes. dramatic dramatic locations, <laughs> thematically appropriate locations, and also casually mm-hmm. mentioning that the first time he talked to Drago was coming out of the pisser. Yep. 
because he's a weirdo. He's that kind of dude in the public bathroom who strikes up conversation. He's very. It's it's like that meme of I can't remember. I want to say it's it's that one text post of that dude being like, yeah, one time I was standing next to I think it was shock at a urinal, and I looked over and tried to you know get a glimpse because I was curious, and, and Shaq looks back at me and is like, is like. Yeah, it's, it's fucking wild. Like, big dude, normal dick. Like, <laughs> I feel like Dario's the kind of guy who is more than happy to comment on, on the state of his cock. Uh, yeah. To just whatever random passerby happens to happens to be unfortunate enough to cross his path. That checks out, yes. <laughs> but, you know, Drago and Aerostar, they have the match. Drago wins. They're able to remain friends through it all. Yeah. And then he gets his unique opportunity, which is going to come to play tonight. His unique opportunity is that he gets a chance at the Lucha Underground Championship. Hooray! But, but if he loses, he's banned forever. So tonight we will find out if Drago touched the butt. Sure. Yes. <clears throat> There's always a butt. There's always a butt. Always a butt. Always, always, man. Dario Cueto, he sure loves butts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Can that be uh, the episode then... title? Dario Cueto loves butts. Sure. Yay! <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh... Then, anyway, then we had uh, Pentagon Jr. finally doing something detestable enough to make the crowd boo him. Yes. Where he attempted to break Melissa Santos's arm, who is not a wrestler, merely the ring announcer. True. <clears throat> but Sexy Star came to save the day, and Pentagon Jr. was like, the fuck? Why did you do that? Uh, which, which, <laughs> like, I, I really don't understand his confusion. Like, you know, they've been beefing a little bit, and also... He a bad guy, she a good guy. It's kind of her job. I don't know why you didn't expect this man. I, you know, just have realistic standards. Yeah. Penta, then they have a match, and they have a match. Sexy Star won. Yes. But Pent, and I'm sure Pentagon will take that lying down and oh, just move on to something else. Style and Grace, the two middle names of Pentagon Junior. Actually, that's true. That's true. Uh, then we had uh, the continuing beef between Johnny Mundo and Alberto El Patron. Uh, yeah, things got real where, spinny. Yeah, they did. El Patron kept kept needling Mundo, and the cameraman was just like, "I'll try spinning. That's a good trick." <laughs> oh, that's not that that one's not going to get old. No, it's not. Yay. <laughs> Prequel memes are never not funny. <laughs> totally. Um, yep. But yeah, I I do love the sudden rivalry between Mundo and uh, and Patron. I honestly, I just hope it. I just hope it, it has more meat on its bones than than Mundo or, or than than Patron Tejano because that was yeah weirdly dry. I agree. That was that wasn't a, that wasn't great. Yeah. <clears throat> Meanwhile, Tejano has his own problems these days mm-hmm. uh, at the hands of Delavar Devari. Oh has, yes, a, who has appeared at the temple now? Uh, he was a fan, just drinking his alcohol, I guess. 
very nonchalantly. Oh, yeah. He wasn't yeah. uh, he wasn't at all an obvious plant who would obviously be getting in on the show very soon. Obviously, of course not. No, course. not not at all. Not at all. But See, then you know, Tejano yeah. was knocked into him during the champion the trios championship match, and T didn't take kindly to that, so he started kicking Tejano's ass. Yes. Yeah. You know, as you do. I so mean, we, should face, see some we, sort we, of, we do um, love watching Tejano's ass get kicked. Mm-hmm. He's, so he's we should see some. Service. We should see some uh, follow up to that. Yeah, hopefully. And yeah, then right. uh, we yeah. have we have we have integrated Black Lotus back into the show. Fucking finally. She had her training montage, and her 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 El uh, Dragon Azteca El Dragon Azteca. Her new mentor keeps telling her she's too angry. <laughs> To face Matanza, and she's like, "Actually, I'm the correct amount of angry." Actually, fuck you. I feel <laughs> like I feel like telling her that she's too angry is a surefire way to just get her more angry. Probably. I I don't. I I'm slightly worried that Dragon Azteca's whole sensei mo here is gonna backfire a little bit. Um, I don't have high hopes for him. I yeah. I I'm. I'm slightly concerned that he's not reading the writing on the wall here. Uh, but sure, this dragon Azteca knows everything, I guess. Sure. But so she's training and uh, dragon Azteca doesn't think she's ready yet, but who knows? She may be coming closer to being ready soon. And then she can confront the man who murdered her parents. Yes. The, 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 the motherfucker in the cage. Yep. But not, but not the Brian Cage. Nah, he's he's hanging around with Cuerno and uh, Tejano, and, and who Tejano. knows if they're gonna, and who knows if they're gonna keep that up. The Legion Seems of like Super a fun Villains. Idea. The Legion of Super Villains. Hopefully, they keep that up for a little while longer. But who knows? I have a horrible suspicion that they will, and it's gonna spell trouble for everybody. Yep. Uh, so that's all the big plot beats. From the last two episodes, and now we will move on tonight to watch episodes 25 and 26, which, as I as I mentioned just a minute ago, is the big thing that is advertised and we can talk about in the front half, is that we are going to have Dra- uh, Drago versus Prince Puma for the Lucha Underground Championship tonight. Yeah, boy, let's fucking do it. Mm-hmm. So if you would like to watch along uh, at Lucha Underground with us, we're watching, again, Season 1, Episodes 25 and 26. Uh, you can do so at Tubi.tv. Uh, TubiTV.com. Damn it, I do that every time because I uh, want it to be a .tv. Uh, it feels but like it should be a .tv. It, it does feel like that. Anyway, Tubi TV is basically a streaming service. It is similarly structured like Netflix, uh, but it is free with ads. So all you have to do is uh, make an account. It's American only, by the way, I believe. Uh, you make an account and you will have access to Lucha Underground, the whole series, all four seasons of it uh, with ads. Do it. Do, do it. Yeah. It's good shit. Fucking do it. It is it's very good shit. But then uh, we will be back in the back half to talk about uh, season uh, 1X25 and 26. Later. And we are back. We have just finished season 1, episodes 25 and 26 of Lucha Underground. Yeah, baby. 
lot of crazy shit happened this time around. I mean, it all it always does on Lucha, but them stakes mm -hmm. be ramping up in they many are. different interesting ways. They are. It's pretty wild. You know, get every, you know, a lot of stuff happened on these episodes for sure. Yeah, I really, uh, overall, like, I've raved and raved and raved and raved and raved about how mm -hmm. goddamn much I love Lucha Underground on this show. I quite, mm -hmm. quite enjoy it. I really feel like at this point it's hit a stride. That's just everything they've got going is pure goodness. And they've got a zillion things going on at once. And every single one of them feels fresh and exciting and really engaging. It like, like up until, up until a certain point, up until, I don't even know kind of when this stride was fully hit, but at least kind of how it felt to me in some of the earlier episodes was that they had a lot of great stuff going. The fighting was phenomenal. Mm -hmm. They were still working on how to pace out these storylines that felt like they had a lot of momentum. And they had a lot of kind of these very central focus storylines. And they, they they were kind of the big the big things that happened and all the rest were just kind of random shit that mm -hmm. happened in between. Here, it really, really feels like they have enough going on that we're just able to jump from one thing to the next. And each one, it, the, the jump is well-timed to keep us engaged. And each thing they have going on is super exciting. I would totally agree. I think absolutely hitting a stride is exactly how I would put it. Like everything is just kind of hitting right now. And yeah, that's really awesome to get to relive that. Mm, mm. Cause this yeah, no. is, this is, this is, this is about when I got back on this train is late season one is when I, is like when I first kind of got on the Lucha underground train as it aired. Yeah. And like, again, I can't even fully articulate the difference between early season one mm -hmm. and late season one. Cause, cause again, early season one was freaking phenomenal. I mm -hmm. love, I, I love so much of what happened in early season one. There's just, there's just this je ne sais quoi that mm -hmm. now it feels like everything's really firing on all cylinders. I can't even fully express why other than it just, it just feels exciting. Yeah. I mean, maybe the best thing I can, I can guess is, is now, is now everything is, pretty well established and it's <clears throat> where it's a lot that we're doing a lot less of like establishing new people, even though we're still doing that. Yeah. But it, it feels like we're really progressing storylines and story arcs forward for characters that we're already familiar with now. That's, that's true. There's a certain level mm -hmm. of familiarity, a very certain, a very, a very particular Mm -hmm. status quo has been set up i really can't say status quo when it comes to this show because it does throw a lot of different wild new shit at you mm -hmm. but I, I mean as all wrestling does it's kind of hard to develop a full status quo on wrestling but the serialized almost soap opera-esque format of this show allows some semblance of a status quo to be established in that dario's an evil motherfucker and here are xyz main machinations he's got going on and all the rest is kind of popping off behind that so we have these stories that, that we have a familiarity with and they're taking all this new shit that's being added on top of these familiar stories and really seamlessly weaving new things into those pre-existing stories and stacking other new shit completely unrelated on top of that. I think mm -hmm. that's probably a good way of, of looking at it, yeah. Yeah. So uh, let's go ahead and start with episode 25. We open with uh, Dario having the backstage with the crew who who 
greatest opening line where of him saying do, do you, you know, know what a layup is i love hearing dario say idiosyncrasy english idiosyncrasies mm-hmm. he he mm-hmm. seems like he just revels so much in saying those phrases he's like yeah do you know what a layup is and then he later says a gimme if you will and i yeah. love i love how he says a gimme <laughs> how how you say it's it's so delightful i love i love hearing him say 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 shit like that it's so yeah. whimsical i love it of course point being he is very pissed at the crew because yeah, in his like, mind you fuck that up he gave him the easiest win he could have gotten he could they couldn't have had an easier win possible the and, yeah. the fun and dysfunctional had just had a match one of them is injured yep <laughs> they don't get along how hard could this have been? And then they didn't win anyway. So he's like, yeah. he's pissed. And so he brings them backstage to the cage. And we get the reveal that I have had to carefully weave my way around talking about this whole time. That Matanza isn't just some monster that Dario's keeping back in a cage to threaten people with, as he does with the crew. Yeah. Matanza is Dario's brother. It is Matanza Cueto. I can't remember. Have they said Matanza up to this point? Yes. I, okay. Black Lotus is definitely oh, called yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah, okay, I remember. Mm. Yeah, Dario, Matanza is apparently Dario's brother. Okay. But very That's soap amazing. opera twist, if you know that telenovela twist uh, idea here. Of, of like See, I was the, thinking... I was the thinking big scary love, dude is my brother. I was thinking Lovecraft shit of... The parents gave birth to one kid and he was just, you know, fucking normal. And they gave birth to a second kid and he was some unholy abomination. I would absolutely keep that thought in mind and keep watching. I'll put Wait, it like what? that. I don't want to confirm or deny anything, but also keep that idea in your head a little bit. Wait, I've seen I've seen a picture of Matanza. He just looks like a normal big boy. What the fuck? Well, that's what he looks like in the ring. You know, that's it says Uh-oh. nothing of his backstory Uh-oh. And, what, and who he is. But Damn. back to the point. Look at David just keeping predicting things randomly. Why am I so yeah. fucking good? Uh, but back to the point, Dario says, you know, his brother's not as forgiving as he is. And if the crew fails Dario again, mm-hmm. he's going to throw them in the cage <laughs> with Indeed. Matanza. Yeah, he and of course the implication is is that they're gonna fucking die. They will become unalived real quick. Mm-hmm. But then uh, we move on from that to the first match of the evening: Phoenix versus Killshot. Hey, Phoenix! It's really great to see your arm fully intact. Yeah, uh, for to date our show uh, is that we, we we are filming this about a week or so since uh, Phoenix is. Uh, a severe dislocation of his arm on AEW Dynamite. And so it's kind of wild for us to be like, oh, hey, Phoenix, how you doing, buddy? How you doing? I got a real sheepish feeling when I saw him. I'm like, I'm like, man, you're going to have a real bad one about seven years from now. Yeah, going to be great. But Phoenix is here. He's still kind of reveling in in uh, his, his, his newfound confidence and strength from beating yeah. uh, uh, Moel Muertes. 
and he's facing Killshot. This is Killshot's first singles match in the Temple. Mm-hmm. A chance um, for Killshot to show off what he can do. Yeah, and he, he he's 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 a he's a good show offy boy. I quite like him. Mm-hmm. I do want to shout out um, commentary pointing out the greater Phoenix level of confidence thing because. Mm-hmm. I don't think I would have fully noticed that had they not, but as soon as they said mm-hmm. it, I picked up on, yeah, he does have a certain level of confidence. Because for me, I have we haven't really seen Phoenix on LU since he beat Mil Muertes. And in the meantime, I've been watching a fuck ton of AEW where he is one half of the Lucha Bros and is dominant as fuck the whole time. So mm-hmm. when I saw him fighting tonight, I was like, oh yeah, this is Phoenix's usual MO. But I kind of realized there was a time mm-hmm. when he was still confident in ring. Clearly, he still was quite uh, mm-hmm. had a lot of ability in ring. But he seems to have a certain a certain level of swagger about him now, a certain groundedness mm-hmm. almost. Uh, there's, yeah, there's, there's, there's a lack of there's a lack of freneticism to his fighting. Maybe. Yeah, dude, dude's really hitting his stride and, and putting mm-hmm. all the pieces together, so to speak. Yeah, so that, that actually was a really cool time. And we saw a really cool example of just how confident and grounded Phoenix has become in that there was this interesting spot, and I don't entirely know what was going on, but there was this interesting spot partway through the match where Killshot had wound up on the outside of the ring, and mm-hmm. Phoenix was coming over to do a move through the ropes, and he started to do the, the move through the top of the rope, and... I think realized he was about to do some miscalculation, get himself hurt, and he fucking caught himself mid-move, reversed it, and did it between uh, the two middle ropes. And that I thought was a really, really cool spot. And if that was an oh event, yeah, I know what you a mean a great way to show off his newfound competency and and ability and strength and confidence in ring. Oh, absolutely, guy. That was was that was, was that an intentional spot? Do you think? Uh, I mean, I don't know. I don't know how much they they plan this idea of like, oh, he's super confident now. But like, definitely like the like the fake out over the top, spin around the you know, the through the ropes mm-hmm. bit shtick he does. He does that a lot. That was definitely like the cool, most like complicated version of that I've ever seen. It looked really cool. And he seemed so in control was the thing. Mm-hmm. That was the impressive part. He was really in control of himself, his body. That was that was what really sold that for me of Phoenix is at a whole new level now. Oh, yeah. Phoenix, Phoenix's body control in general is just insane. It, I mean, of course, bo- both him mm-hmm. and Penta. But but regardless, here, that was it, it really got a chance to shine. And, the, and commentary did a great little job highlighting that. So that was yeah. a really cool effect. I also loved the line. I think it was. I think it was from Striker. Striker, or no, not sorry. It was from. I think it was Vamp. Vamp. I, Vamp has been just progressively wilding out more and more recently. His color commentary just keeps getting more and more colorful by the episode. He <laughs> said something about the name Killshot applies accuracy and finality. And I was oh no, like, that was Striker. Was that Striker? Striker, what the yeah. fuck was that? That's Striker being Striker, making uh, everything he, sound more poetic than it is. Once again, the 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 man with the way with words, the yeah. funerary box, the funerary box indeed. <laughs> God damn! You know, that I line, known, tonight's I line tonight's line gets three out of five funerary boxes. 
Because <laughs> is that that that's how we gotta rate matches from now on? Out of how yeah. how many funerary boxes out of five? Yep. Yep. Anyway, Killshot kind of got a chance to show off a little more of what he can do. It was a nice yeah. little back and forth between two very flippy high fly boys. Indeed, but at the end of the day, of course, Phoenix is the one to get put over. Yeah. Killshot still gotta most... earn those stripes, baby. Yeah, it's the most not plot relevant. It's the most filler match of the episodes. Easy, but still, still a fun time. Yeah, I would. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, I still I enjoyed it. Great way to kick things off. Nice and easy, baby. You know, yeah. you know how we do. Easy so, to the to the drama later in the night, which oh we yeah, start oh, up with in the see, next scene where we, yeah. we are in the bathroom again, again. and fucking Dario confronts drago in the bathroom again again which look i'm gonna weird champ dario for this again because you got a weird thing for wanting to take a piss and then have mm -hmm. these deep conversations with drago or i guess monologues at drago but also i got a weird champ drago a little bit drago why the fuck have you made the, the underground bathroom your main hideout like i know you're the dragon from hell but really, you're so desperate to get a little bit closer, just marginally closer to the heat of the underworld that you'll just stick around in the in the bathroom the whole time. That is the theory I'm going with. Yeah, I I, I guess. Maybe he also the, the smell of human shit is the closest he can get to the smell of constant brimstone. I, I, I I'm just fucking ice. spitballing. Either way, yeah. a little weird. Please find a slightly or classier place to stay, buddy. You know, it's not always a great look. Yeah, but uh, Dario is here to kind of remind Drago of the stakes and say, you know, he's a survivor, that he is the last of his kind, and he's his kind being survive. dragons. According to dragons, yes. Which, we, by we, the we, way, no, 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 we, really, we really need to highlight this: his kind being dragons. Dragons. And I, I brought this up to David while we were watching, and I feel like I have to bring it up here. It's kind of weird to me. And I've just now realized this is that like Drago's backstory is that he is the last of the dragons from hell. They all existed and then they all died out, except for one guy who figured out how to manifest himself into a human form, and it's Drago. And by the way, Absolutely everybody takes for granted that this is just a thing that happened in world history. Wait, hold up. You are just now noticing how weird this is. I've always thought it was weird. Like, haha, what a funny and weird and very, like, complicated backstory that can only exist on Lucha Underground. What I'm just now realizing is that everybody else in the world, in this universe, just kind of takes for granted that, like, fucking dragons existed and there's one left alive i've never really thought out thought through the implications of his backstory david yeah see this is very funny to me because how you just explained his backstory is almost fucking verbatim how you explained his backstory to me the very first time we watched lucha underground and i was like huh that's really fucking weird and you and you just kind of fucking hand waved that away so how are you just now catching up to the what the fuck factor of all of this? Because you, because you, your explanation I, has not changed remotely. The reason, okay, the thing that, that made me think about this differently, fair, because it's a fair point, is hearing Dario say it. 
Like it's one thing that we have these weird, we have this vignette with a drag, with a stock footage of a dragon. And the narrator. This, a narrator explaining yeah. it. It's another thing for another character in universe to tell Drog, remind Drago of his background. Someone else gave Drago an as you know of this, <laughs> of his backstory. And I'm like, wait, there are other people in the universe who know about the dragon thing. And they just don't acknowledge how crazy that is. Yeah. Well, this is the same the same show where we have a, a straight-up zombie guy and everyone's just kind of like, yeah, he exists. I guess. Whatever. I've gotten over my existential crisis about Drago, about this universe, and what, what the fuck the Yeah, no, but the, the, the fact here. that they were, like, they 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 existed and then just kind of died out all except for one yep still fucking weird. and i absolutely would love to know more about that they're not gonna ever say it because why would they it's not relevant to this fucking i just want to know but i want to know i want to know how like that impacted history mm-hmm. if, if 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 like if if it's just not if it's if it's not even actually making a tangible difference because dragons that went extinct are effectively just the same as fucking dinosaurs that went extinct or if it's actually had any effect on how humans process lore mythology history if it if it had any like anthropological implications evolutionary implications that well, there is now at least one dragon who can be in human form who it's possible for that person to maybe enter the gene pool is that going to affect anything like i just want i I want to know i want want to go real annoyingly deep with this lore i want the lucha underground spinoff that is just about the dragon lore stuff (laughs) yeah yeah that that, specifically yes anyway moving on we go back we're in the locker room now and dario approaches prince puma who is sitting there with his belt. And of course, Dario narrates at him too, because like Drago, Puma doesn't talk. Mm. But Dario is basically like, I can see that you're conflicted about potentially ending a man's career tonight. Which I I have to quickly point out, real bold of Dario to, to assume that if you get kicked out of his again really need to emphasize this illegal underground fight club that your entire career is over like that like that has the ability to blacklist you from all of pro wrestling very narcissistic is is Dario i mean on brand for him i just find it Mm -hmm. a very funny assumption to make although yes everyone else seems to take that for granted too so i don't know maybe they know something we don't maybe in this universe professional wrestling is kind of falling apart except for this fun fucking fight club so and AAA. Now I need a second AAA, AAA exists, and Lucha Underground exists, and nothing else. See, that implies to me some sort of post-apocalyptic landscape, or something, some sort of crisis has happened to affect the economy in such a way that pro wrestling now works like that. And now I think I need a second spinoff that's like a this weird post-cataclysmic political thriller about the 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 economic implications of the pro wrestling universe and the thing is considering everything that lore wise that does exist in this show and i know will exist in this show i totally buy into this post-apocalypse theory 
But the problem is, we get establishing shots for fucking days of outer LA, and it looks fine. So it's not like maybe it's only fun. LA. Maybe LA quarantined, and they're all this. Oh left. god, you know what? That's actually entirely possible. You you may have a point there. Yeah. Anyway, back to this. So Dario, he is he is said, yeah, you know, you seem conflicted, but you know, get over it, suck it up, Buttercup, because <laughs> only weak-willed men give a shit about feelings like that. <laughs> Warriors don't care, only care about the win, and I need a warrior to be my champion. Lucha Underground belts don't care about your feelings. <laughs> Dario Cueto would have called him a beta cuck if that was the thing <laughs> in 2016. <laughs> oh my god. What are you? Some kind of beta cock <laughs> oh that'd be it that would be a great great little idiosyncrasy to hear dario cueto use oh man indeed it would but he leaves puma to stew in his thoughts about potentially ending a man's career he leaves and five steps away to to let puma stew in his thoughts i might add and here comes hernandez to immediately start trying to trying to stay some shit as the kids these days say, uh, mask off. Mm -hmm. Went full mask. Hernandez went full mask off in this episode. Uh, he really did. Jesus. He opens with, he's the line, Dario is trying to talk to him about what happened last week. Yeah. And Hernandez straight up is like, I don't give a, I don't care about Puma. And they cut to a dramatic shot of Puma to show him reacting to that, hearing that line. Because remember, this is happening five feet away. Prince Puma hears this entire conversation. Yeah, and, and the cinematography almost frames this as if it's Puma in, like in accidental hiding, almost overhearing a conversation. He yeah. But Dario clearly knows that he's within earshot of Puma. We even see a shot at the very end of this conversation where he kind of looks back over his shoulder and mm -hmm. is like, yeah, fuck you, Puma. And, yeah. and I... Hernandez has to know. Hernandez has to have heard that Dario was talking to Puma right fucking there. So they they're just having this conversation, uh, plotting against Puma basically, with Puma five feet away, and and it's like you know this is happening. Puma Puma knows the. Why are we treating this? This is some sort of big dramatic. He wasn't supposed to hear this conversation. That's how that's how little Hernandez gives a fuck. Yeah, yeah. Look, cinematography gives a lot of a fuck, okay? I, I don't know why. They don't seem to be on the same page with how, with how no. Dario and Hernandez are handling this combo. Yeah. So, eventually, Hernandez tries to push to get a title opportunity. Mm. And, oh, no, that's not happens. what happens. What happens is, is that Hernandez takes offense to the triple threat match they announced earlier in the night. King yeah. Cuerno versus Cage versus Hernandez because they explain that Cage and Cuerno both feel like Hernandez cheated them and they want revenge. And Hernandez is like, oh, this is going to be a two-on-one, bro. Yeah. Uh, that's a little unfair. And Dario's like, don't worry, all right, I'll make sure to fix that. Is It's now a number one contenders match. There, everybody has something to fight for. Yes. I, and... I have to say real quick, this is the version of booking your show in the middle of your show that I actually really like. Because we still clearly see that matches are planned, and mm -hmm. that there's clearly spots that that are that are that are dedicated to specific purposes. Just parameters get defined or changed or shit. That yeah. I really like. And mm -hmm. as part of all the evil puppet masters plan, they, I I can get on board with this yeah. version of of 
not everything is totally pre-planned in kayfabe. Sure, good, sure. Good job, Lucha Underground, for fucking cracking that formula. You, 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 yeah. You, you, you've done great. I'm very proud of you. Yeah. So Hernandez is satisfied, but now Prince Puma's like, what the fuck? The guy who I'm supposed to be friends with via Conan is trying to take my title. I mean, they clearly haven't gotten along. I feel like Puma's not even fully surprised by this. He's mm-hmm. like, oh, what, what the fuck? He's like, I just kind of didn't expect him to be so blatant about it, to be honest. Yeah, this was a speedy heel turn, dude. Hernandez came in. He was, he was this good, good boy, supposedly. And then it all just fell apart real quick. Yeah. But then our next match is the return of the, the Jobbers. boys are back. Yes, we had Famous B versus Ricky Mandel versus Vinny Massaro versus our Hennis. And the commentary does explicitly call out these are all the men that Pentagon Juniors broke their arms. Look, look, we're, we're one step closer to one of my past accidental predictions that was originally a joke. The anti-Pentagon revolution of the Iron Boys is coming. Do you hear the people sing? <laughs> But unfortunately, the match doesn't really happen because immediately Tahano shows up which, and which beats I have all to say, their asses. Uh, yeah, yeah. Right on cue, we get interference from Tahano. Yep. Checks notes. Tahano. Isn't that supposed to be Pentagon? Why is Tahano? Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Pentagon Pentagon was noticeably absent this episode, these series of episodes, yeah. stewing over his wounds of losing the sexy star, I presume. Yeah, he, oh man, he he probably is not happy about about losing to a female. Yep, and not getting to break her arm. Oh, extra true. I uh, you know actually you know what I I want to believe that he's a progressive arm breaker. He doesn't care the gender or identity of the person whose arm he breaks. He just wants damn arms. Well, yeah, we already knew that. He tried to break Melissa's arm. This is. This is this is this is true. He doesn't he doesn't take offense to getting beaten by a woman. He takes offense to the fact that he could not claim the arm for the arm god. Yeah, he you All know wins and losses. God. What do those matter in, in comparison to arm sac arm sacrifices? All hail the arm god. Anyway, yes. Anyway, Tahano he kicks all the jobbers' asses and he gets a mic and he's like, I don't know who this fucking dude who attacked me last week was, but he needs to get his ass back here right now. Which so I can kick his ass. Something I noticed in this episode specifically is how rare in-ring mic promos are on this show. They, they are, are exceedingly rare. It was really funny because I noticed that, and then Tejano got on mic. I'm like, well, okay, there's one. Yeah, they but don't. Yeah, do that th- those have been very on. rarely. I've I've realized. I the format of this show is just so interesting. Anyway, yeah, most most common is usually Pentagon Junior having something to say before his matches recently but other than that yeah you most people do not have in-ring promos very often yeah yeah well that's soap opera form for you baby yeah man yeah oh and also we got a damn we got a lot of like scenes in this episode we got we did episode 25 was very story heavy i liked it i liked having all these all these all these little dialogue sequences which i did i did as well is is real oh i I was so hyped. Austin got really excited about this one, guys. I did. I'm kind of of worried. I'm a little concerned. I love this guy. Uh, We get out. We're hanging out outside of the temple. 
Dario's doing something. I don't know what he was do- doing. Conducting he's business. On a, he's on a phone, phone call with someone. His phone call or whatever. And he gets approached by this random dude in an Aztec and a bright yellow shirt that says Aztec Pride. And he introduces himself as Marty the Moth Martinez. That's such a wild name, dude. He, I fucking love this dude. But he is a big Lucha Underground fan. He's a big fan. He's a, be- a believer in the temple. But, you know, he's got Aztec history and his bo- tribes in his blood. You know, his moth is his spirit. The moth is his spirit <laughs> animal. That was such a great line. <laughs> he said it so sincerely, too. Not a hint of irony. That man's no, of course proud of his spirit animal moth. Yep. So he's like, I want to, I want to shout at the temple, man. I got, I got, I can do it. I got the moves. And Dario's like, LOL, no, you're yeah. off. Dario, once again, proving that my temple is open to anybody is a goddamn lie. Dario, once again, loving the butt because the, the, this temple is open to anybody, but uh, no, but not you. Bye-bye. You would just get squashed like a, like a, like a moth. Like a moth. Dude. I love Dario. He's such a sinister dude. I love I love how over the top evil he is. It's so great. So yeah, smarmy. So awful. No, I, I I I love this character so much, man. He is fantastic. So oh. he is like, go go be a fan. Have f- go have fun. Thanks for the support. I'm not, you're not wrestling. And he shuts the gate on him. And yeah. Marty's trying to get back in. And so yep. that we move into our next match. King Cuerno versus Cage versus Hernandez in a number one contenders match. Yep. Uh we 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 get we get some of the we get two of the the big bad boys and one soon to be big mm. bad boy. My um, my biggest note off of this match is it felt really short. Well, yeah. Um, part of that was for a part of that was was for a thing later. Uh, yeah, but like but, they basically everybody's hitting their greatest hits. Like yeah, I mean I mentioned this last it. time. T- I, I mentioned this last time too, but especially now, th- it was thrown into really stark contrast. Is it's really wild to see Hernandez having such little problem with former mega supervillains Cage and King Cuerno. Mm-hmm. Like I used to dread, get this visceral sense of dread e- 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 any time either of them gotten ring and i still do a little bit but they are not as horrifyingly impossible to Mm -hmm. beat as they once were and hernandez seems able to really toss them around real easy Mm -hmm. which is wild too because hernandez ain't got to do anything fancy in order to do that he is a really straightforward fighter his his fighting style is so fascinating to watch because he does all of this stuff with ease and he doesn't add any fancy flair he just kind of does them and and that's it and he's able he to talk people he, around like, he has, like it's he, has, he has he shows absolutely no intensity ever he's just so casual well, not about even no intensity he does like just the way he he's so physically fascinating because he's a really big dude but he's also agile as hell and he's kind of super lanky too and tall mm-hmm. and he doesn't he 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 just kind of casually possesses the strength to do whatever he wants 
it's so he's he's really fascinating to watch in ring. I really love watching him. He's yeah. He's so he's really physically unique. Yeah, and so the match eventually has a distraction as Marty the Moth comes into the ring and yeah. is like, ah, Marty the Moth is here, and then everyone kicks his ass. Yeah, everyone everyone fucks him up, and he leaves real angry, which I got to say, after last week, uh, have to file a complaint about this deeply unrealistic depiction of what it's like when a fan jumps into the ring that man should have been mobbed by at least three dudes in black and on security you know the you supposed armed security, security guards that the temple has i, I suppose they tried to establish they have armed security but remember they when they tried thought. to establish that remember i sadly do i sure but, do what the hell happened yeah that was a weird one wasn't it yeah, Anyone. yeah. Where are those guys, and why the hell weren't they mobbing Marty the Moth as soon as he jumped in ring? Well, they've been really off their ball recently between Davari and Marty. That's at least Davari kind of has some legitimate claim as he is a well-established wrestler, and I'm sure a lot of companies would be like, "Yeah, you want to hop in at random? Fucking sure, why not?" But Marty is just some dude right now. Mm, that's it's fair. Charity. But in the in the chaos of Marty's interference, Hernandez is able to pin King Cuerno mm-hmm. and yeah. win the match. So, oops, Hernandez is number one contender now. For now. <laughs> but also, now, yes. also, I love how much Hernandez loves to just gloat and clown on people in ring. He just struts around and does all these goofy victory lap things. I, I, it's, it's. It's like Hulk Hogan, but they're actually self-aware about what a douchebag he is. It's pretty great. Yeah. I quite enjoy this version of the super macho, super full of himself guy who just thinks he's entitled to everything. Because they're Mm -hmm. actually lampshades the fact that that's kind of fucking obnoxious. Yep. So then we get a sit-down interview with fun and dysfunctional as we've taken yeah. to calling him on this show now. Uh, yeah, yeah. Eva Lee, Son of Havoc, and Angelico, the new trio's champions. Dude, poor Vamp keeps getting stuck doing these weird, awkward interview spots. Like he had one good one with Cage, but he had the one with Puma and Conan where he kept telling Conan off. And here he's just having to sit here watching fun and dysfunctional all bicker amongst themselves for three minutes. Yes, unfortunately, they're, you know, in, in, I guess, realistic fashion, you know, you can't, the story doesn't just end and happily ever, and they were happily ever after. And yeah. They, now that the, the adrenaline of the turn, the way my interpretation of it is now once the adrenaline of the tournament, it's all worn off. Like now that everything is settled down and they're champions, uh, they're right back to it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and to be fair, they're they're self-aware about that. And mm-hmm. I do appreciate this element of realism of all our problems are not solved by winning a shiny gold big belt. Mm-hmm. I do quite like that as a, as a storytelling yeah. device of actually carrying some of that stuff yeah. forward past the belt. Yeah. You I, could wish, argue I wish that, that kind of happened more sometimes in wrestling, I honestly. I agree. But I guess you could argue that progress has been made because they yeah. can, you know amicably sit next to each other and not like immediately start throwing hands or whatever. Yeah. But they still don't really get along too well. And like this show, 
there's one there's one thing that's that's really bothering me here and it's it's really exemplified by vamp but the writing once you kind of notice it in vamp it's it becomes very plainly obvious in the writing because vamp just vamp's a wild dude weird dude he he strikes me as having a bit of a, a complex if you will about women whether he wants to white knight for poor defenseless Melissa Santos very performatively, or he is constantly bitching about how much he hates Ivelisse. And oh, yeah, it's real bad. She's the real problem in this group. Uh, it gets kind of weird. And yeah, like, like... Can we not also realize mm -hmm. that very clearly... And Helico and Son of Havoc also have dysfunctional aspects to them that contribute to this to the, right. to the problems in this to, to particular team. Yeah, they all they all clearly have issues that cause them to bicker with each other. It's not just Evilise. Mm -hmm. And Vampiro's commentary in particular tries to blame her specifically, and it's like this is this is unfortunate. Yeah, but the problem is the writing also kind of skews that way sometimes to like. We'll, we'll, I think we'll get it. to that in the next we'll, tag. We'll, in we'll, tag we'll, get, match, to, we'll yeah. get to that. No, I guess I'll, I'll I guess I'll finish diatribing about that when we get there. But yeah, I does every time I'm writing about some of Vampiro's um quirks. Uh, when when it comes to how he forms his opinions about things is uh, yikes. Uh, mm -hmm. um, it can be, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, he 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 strikes me as an interesting guy. Yeah, but then we move on to the main event of the first episode: Drago yes. versus Puma for the Lucha Underground Championship. If Drago loses, he is banned. Forever. Drago's wearing wet red instead of his usual blue to show he means serious business. It looks really cool though. I like it. It, it oh, I really like the change up in his outfit. What a what a great mm -hmm. what a great <clears throat> climax costume, if you will. Yeah. And and I do I thought it was kind of fun too that his his colors kind of matched Puma's for this. For they this did everyone everyone wearing red orange. Yeah, I don't entirely know if that's like meant to symbolize anything or not, but it's it's cool at least. Mm -hmm. Uh, so yeah, him and Puma have Puma comes out with Conan. Uh, I will say for the first time we get to really, hear, I think we really get to hear Conan's commentary a lot. Yeah, this match focuses a weird amount on Conan's coach sideline coaching of Puma, and I do not entirely know why. Yeah, I don't. I, I thought don't it was know. gonna be. I thought it. I thought it was gonna be that he fucks something up for, for Puma, or it causes some further break in their relationship. But we just kind of focus it on it a lot, and Vamp keeps talking about how annoying Conan is. Yeah, as I told David, I'm kind of ready for uh, for me to not have to hear that anymore. Yeah, Vampira kind of goes overboard on it, like yeah, kind of concept. Yeah, which, like, I'd be fine with if we were doing any damn thing with that actual concept thus far. But they kind of dropped it. I don't. I, I want to believe that they'll come back to it at some point, like, readdress it. But for now, like, they they had the they had the Conan comes back thing, and it made it look like he was going to do a full heel turn. But now that just kind of, that part of the story is kind of spinning its wheels a little bit. That part of the story is being moved to Hernandez in particular. <laughs> yeah. 
it, it's just kind of getting offloaded onto him, and I, I, I don't know. It's, it's, it's weird. It's like it, it feels like they're trying to signal at something happening, but just mm-hmm. it, the show seems to refuse to actually do anything with that, other than just be yeah. like, just really, really highlight it, but then not ever acknowledge it. What? What? No, I. I agree. It's kind of weird, but anyway, uh, the ma- as for the match itself, it's good. Uh, you know, it, it's what you'd expect from Puma and Drago. Uh, if mm-hmm. I may make a critique, you may is that it's, it's. I think it's a relatively minor one, but like because they set up this notion that Puma is kind of conflicted about this, about having to end a man's career tonight. Yeah. I don't think they did a very good job of putting that across in the actual match. Puma mm-hmm. doesn't really act conflicted until the very end, which is easily interpreted as being for a completely different reason, <clears throat> which I'll we'll get to when we talk about the ending. But I would have liked to have seen Puma have show a little bit more hesitation in like hitting his big moves and Mm -hmm. pinning off of them as if he has to kind of for a split second, think about like, if this were, if this wins, then I'm, then a man is going to be done. Yeah. And that's going to be on my hands. Yeah. I would agree with that. I think they did a decent job at the end of the match, highlighting Mm -hmm. that in some, in some little ways, like, like at the very end, we'll, we, we get that Puma, heeding Dario's words about a champion is ruthless or whatever. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I really would have liked to see that in-ring storytelling be a little bit stronger. Uh, yes. it's it, Cause without that, it just kind of goes as a straightforward match up until we get some shenanigans compliments of Hernandez who yes, shows so, up. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the first they do a bit, they, hit a, they do a spot where um, Puma accidentally knocks Drago into the referee. Mm-hmm. And that plus Conan deciding to interfere gives Hernandez the opportunity to go strutting on out. And they do set up, they do do an interesting thing with Hernandez here in that he jumps in the ring and you got Puma in, you, Puma in between Drago and and Hernandez and Hernandez just fucking goes for it. And Puma has to duck out of the way and Hernandez hits Drago. And once that all kind of settles, Conan's like take advantage of this opportunity and win the match. And and Puma has this at show you this time. You can see Puma be like, I don't really want to win like this, Yeah, but fine. I will. And so he hits his, he hits the move for the win and then afterwards he's visibly pissed and he's really pissed that Hernandez tries to also kind of like help celebrate the win. He's like, fuck off, dude. Yeah. Like you almost hit me. And they, they kind of compound on this in the next episode, but they kind of sell the idea of like, we don't really know who Hernandez was trying to hit. And Puma definitely doesn't trust that Hernandez wasn't trying to hit him. Mm-hmm. And he just kind of accidentally helped him in the win the match. I will say this is one of those cases where you know, you know, you and I meme a lot about shenanigans uh, on this mm-hmm. show. I will say this is one of those cases where some sort of fucky interference, I think, mm-hmm. actually was really dramatically affecting. Like as much as they really didn't do a great job at highlighting 
the the struggle during most of the match. I thought mm-hmm. once Hernandez got involved and things started getting screwy. Well, first of all, there is the accidental knocking out of the ref where Puma or where where Drago would have gotten the pin on Puma. But oh yeah, I forgot to mention it. that too. Is that like Drago takes advantage of the situation and gets a mat gets the hits his move and he was gonna win the you know, a visual pinfall as they say, mm-hmm. but nobody was there to count and so mm-hmm. not it. Nope, nope. But uh, so so we start with that and that's kind of this heartbreaking moment of oh god, mm. this was Drago's chance and now he's done. And then Hernandez gets involved and knocks Drago out and it's a completely unclean finish to drago's career the the Mm. there is no honor in this loss because by all means drago should have gotten the loss but everything kind of went wrong behind the scenes enough that that he just got screwed out of it and Mm -hmm. i will give i will give them credit for making shenanigans spots like that really emotionally affecting dramatically affecting for mm-hmm. the for the ultimate plot of this match. I thought that at the end those those moments were really well done and kind of heartbreaking. Oh yeah, for sure. So, but and, regardless Puma even ends up de facto heel a little bit because of that and people almost seem to be booing him for a brief moment. Mhm. Yeah, I agree, but regardless of how it happens is Puma does get the win and he's still the champion and Drago is banned. Drago and, is banned from the temple. And Puma quickly after the match kind of apologizes to Drago, or at least that is what is said he did. Yeah. But there's no reason to believe he didn't do that. Yeah. And Drago is kind of allowed to ta- have a final farewell in the crowd chance, like, you know, thank you, Drago, and all that mm-hmm. stuff. They really yeah. play it as if, like, he's gone. He's gone. He's yeah. Gone. Well, they, they, they super duper play that. When they cut mm. to outside the temple later, and yeah, okay. Uh, shouts out to the credits fake out. I I wasn't ready for that because they roll the credits on. I don't I don't don't think we ever mentioned it, but they roll credits mm. on the, as the sh- episode ends, and like they start doing that as Drago is walking out of the temple, and then yep. suddenly we cut to a new scene. Yep. And yeah, so that that was that was that there. was a cool effect. Yep. Yeah, and so Drago, Dario's just kind of standing out there, presumably just waiting for Drago to leave so he can be like, ha, fuck off. <laughs> and Drago walks up to him, and we finally hear him speak as he says, yeah, you haven't heard, the, you haven't seen the last of me. Or, I'll be back. And yeah. he leaves, and we get the first ever Drago flying off as a dragon effect. Which is just, he walks into a warehouse, and then there's a giant fireball from within the warehouse. Yeah, and Dario you know, looks you know, dragon. as if he's seeing a dragon. Which, I, I feel like I should share what my initial interpretation of this scene was. I very I much a, would like you to. I made a joke while we were watching about... How what's really gonna happen is Drago's gonna lose and Dario's gonna fucking take him back, pull out a Glock and put him down like old Yeller, and and Drago walks up to Dario and sneers. I I think it was somebody to the effect of, "Our paths will cross again." You oh yeah, that's that's what he said. Something like that, mm-hmm. and he walks into the warehouse and. It was this really tense moment, and Dario kind of turns to follow 
a little bit as to, to watch Drago as he walks in. It's just, he has this really sinister, tense look. And I see this fire explode out from from the warehouse. And I I think for a brief moment that Dario has blown up the warehouse with Drago inside. <laughs> I legitimately thought they were going there. And honestly, I would not be remotely surprised if the show had gone there. If they just I wouldn't, I wouldn't have either by blowing him up. I, I wouldn't have either, but me being the, the knockout helps in this situation because I already I've seen this if they this isn't the last time they do this. So I knew this is the he's flying off as a dragon. It's effect. such a goofy effect. Why it is. It's it so it's, like it's very bad because it's very obviously fake. Once, uh, like it's literally just a fireball. Another one of those moments where you can tell, oh yeah, this was a Robert Rodriguez production, wasn't it? Right. This is a this is a a show run on a relatively smaller budget, string budget DIY special effects. Yeah, they're just it's just a fucking fireball. It's not they don't have anything else. But that is yep. how episode twenty five ends. A somber note to end on. Indeed. Uh, but we move on then to episode 26 where Dario is in his office uh, putting, and I want to point out, as you talked about, like kind of the dynamics at play of the booking your show in the middle of the show yeah. situation and how Dario, we avoid that because we see that Dario does put these matches together ahead of time. Yeah. He, he is literally sitting in his office putting matches together at during this scene. He's got little cutout. He's got little cutouts of everybody's names and he's going to glue them in his book or something. Yeah, that's what I love about this is it's not like he, he, he doesn't have a board. He doesn't write mm -hmm. them in. He doesn't type up a freaking spreadsheet. He literally takes paper cutouts of everybody's names and glues them on kind of what looks like a big paper map. It's just, mm -hmm. uh, I love oh oh he's so goofy yeah <laughs> but but yeah so he's he's in the process of booking the show and and in walk freaking frack Johnny Mundo and Alberto Albatron yep yeah, and they're both like you know we think we deserve a shot at the Lucha Underground Championship actually mm -hmm. and Dario agrees but he's also like you know. You know, we we there's a lot of good contenders here. You know, win some matches. We, you, yeah. You know, and they are both like, but you said it yourself. You both consider us the best in the business, which is the name ah, of the episode 26 title drop. Title and drop. they both uh, say like, well, we're more deserving than freaking Hernandez. <laughs> and so Dario's like, you know what? Why not you? Uh, why not I give you a chance to prove it? is that you one of you will face hernandez for the number one contendership and to decide that tonight it will be alberto albaton he literally he pulls up the little paper cutouts and puts them in front of them for the camera so small and flimsy Dario, they are. what are you doing versus johnny mundo tonight in the main event so the main event of tonight johnny mundo versus El alberto el patron winner gets to face hernandez in the number one contenders match contendership section you get to become the you you get to choose top contender for the top contendership we have a real system in place here it's <laughs> contenders all the way down motherfucker <laughs> yep 
<laughs> so then we we cut then to our first match of the night where the crew who is looking for that revenge versus the fun and dysfunctional however it is not a trios match it is a tag a regular 2v2 tag match as Lise is still injured her foot is she is still in a cast she is unable to wrestle and so it is son of havoc and angelico versus C- uh, cortez castro and mr cisco yes uh and clearly we we see that little improvements have been made in the team dynamic of fun and dysfunctional for example instead of smacking each other across the face to, to tag in they'll just casually five star each other to tag in progress I hit him in the back. It's fine. It's do- we're it, doing that, better. It counts. It counts. It works. And it's better than fucking backhanding, backhanding yeah. son of havoc. Yeah. So that's really the story of the match here is that uh, fun and dysfunctional are not doing great together the, the right now. The dysfunctional part of their name is really, is really shining through tonight. Yeah. He, son of havoc and Anne Helico aren't really on the same page. And to make matters worse is Ivelisse's his worst tendencies are coming back out as yeah. she spends the whole match nagging them from the sideline. Yeah. Here's the part of the episode where David finishes his diatribe of this show mm-hmm. really seems to want to agree with vamp that actually Ivelisse is, is, is the cause of most of the problems on this tag team. Yeah, she is a super bitch. She's a, <laughs> she's such a bitch. Oh, why is Ivelisse such a bitch? Oh, she's mm-hmm. such an evil bitch. Woe is me guys. There are three members of this tag team. It takes three to tango. Shut up. I'm workshopping. Sort it. of. Yeah. Um, also, I just want to I just want to point out the line in my notes that says Vamp hates Ivelisse so much that he forgot the seats are free. Oh, yes. He complains <laughs> of what in the middle because, OK, Ivelisse sets herself up in the front row mm-hmm. where the fans are. And so at one point, Vampiro complains that, you know, everybody here paid for those seats. Now, Ivelisse is making people move to yeah. make room for her. And it's like Vampiro. There were no paid attendance to these shows. Everyone got in free. Nobody paid for these seats. Nobody paid. He's 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 just looking for every excuse he can to hate Ivelisse on brand. Yep. Shut up, sure. Vamp. Shut up, Vampiro. Hey, oh god, oh no. We're the the the, the new era is coming. Oh no. I'm getting tired of Vampiro's shit. Anyway, yeah. but yeah. So uh, the the crew get the win because yeah, you know, waka waka. Every the fun fun dysfunctional can't can't get it together. Uh so you'd think that will put them in line for another shot at the trio's titles as soon as possible. Yep. Uh we then cut to Dario in the office, and he is having a drink ski in the middle of the day. Uh yep. with with Delavar Davari. And if you and as far as immediate character establishing moments go. I feel like there's few better than this one where <laughs> Dario is trying to say, use, do his usual spiel of like talking up the people who come into his office. So he's like, you know, I'm surprised that you can't decided to fight Tejano and you are a, a wealthy, you come from a wealthy family who owns much real estate all over Los Angeles. And the entire time, Davari is just sitting on his phone and texting away These fucking millennials fucking millennial delavar davari indeed r slash phones are bad 
Mm -hmm. Indeed, a hundred percent. And Dario is just so pissed off, clearly pissed off, but he can't he's, say it. He's really annoyed. Yep. You oh, can see yeah. it in his eyes that he's yeah, so he's mad like, about uh, this. But yes, okay. this does blatantly establish Delavar Davari as as a rich asshole character. Yeah, that is his Honestly, character here in Lucha Underground. I've seen my fair share of rich asshole characters in in wrestling. He is already by far my favorite. <laughs> he does eventually answer Dario's inquiry of like, why are you here, bro? You are rich. You don't need to be here. Yeah. And his answer is like, you like watching violence. I like inflicting violence. Oh, he calls Dario the fuck out. It's great. Mm -hmm. And so Dario's like, well, how, uh, how about you get a chance to inflict some violence right now mm -hmm. against Tejano? Yeah, Have I mean, fun that's what he came there. here for. Yeah, and Dario, Dario says this as if he's catching Davari. Like, he's... He he has he's like all right. Let's see how much violence you can. Like he got he, he almost seems like he doubts him, and that... he very much assumes that Davari is just a little is going to be a pushover in front I'll of an actual no fire. Game. Oh yep. my sweet summer child. Yeah, not quite how that went. Mm. But before that, we have another confrontation in the locker room as Team Conan is here together, and it's not going great. No, no, no. Uh, Hernandez and Puma. Well, Hernandez and and Conan as a proxy for Puma are fighting about mm -hmm. what happened last time. Conan's like, "What the yeah. fuck, bro?" And Hernandez is like, "What the fuck, bro?" And every time Puma, you know, every time Puma's about to get up and and try to try to give try try to give Hernandez a piece of his mind. Uh of course Conan's gotta put the cane across the chest. Tranquilo, 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 tranquilo. Tranquilo, tranquilo. Yeah, for some reason, tranquilo seems to be the magic word of he's able to stop these two from coming to blows just by saying tranquilo, tranquilo, tranquilo. Well and, it, it, is him, like, it is him saying calm down. It is calm. Well it I I, I, calm. I know I know tranquilo means calm down. I just find it funny they're actually fucking listening to him. Mm -hmm. like, tranquilo, tranquilo. Yeah. 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 But um Eventually, Dario comes Dario, and walks in. Well, who, well, he, who walks he inserts in with himself the because line of "I love to watch." Um, so Dario Voyeur posting for some reason. Yeah, because Hernandez and, and Puma were about to come to blows, and Conan was like, "Hey, we don't want to do this." And Dario's like, "I want you to do it." <laughs> I just love him saying, "I love to watch." Yeah, <laughs> and so he comes to inform uh, Hernandez that first of all, there's been a bit of a. Uh, change of plans that last the actually you're gonna have to win one more match to be number one contender you have to face the winner of of alberto el patron and johnny mundo tonight and I clearly hernandez looks great about to punch him in the face yep yep and dario's like whoa 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 whoa, whoa. don't hold her horses and also is that he hopes that hernandez and puma can get on the same page because they have mm -hmm. a tag team match tonight against cage and King Cuerno. Uh-huh. We, we Can they coexist? I mean, I feel like you already know the answer. At the one. very least, they didn't say the line. I'll take it. He almost did. He, he said, see if you guys can. I was like, coexist? <laughs> say the line, Dario. Please. But also, but, but also, 
Uh, he also kind of assigns Conan as Peacemaker, which Conan as Peacemaker is a choice with his past history of shit stirring. I'm sure I, it'll go great. I mean, to be fair, we'll get to this, but he, he does actually play his role sincerely as as Peacemaker, and uh, I shockingly mm-hmm. end up actually kind of rooting for Conan here, but uh, okay, we'll get to that. We will. But uh, first, we have Tavar, Devari, and Tejano, a match that lasts about five seconds, technically yeah. speaking. But- also, can we just point out the fact that we opened the match with Devari freaking chilling on the ropes, drinking a whiskey or something. That was that- fucking sweet. <laughs> it was incredible. And I was like, who the fuck is this man? But, you know, he, they announced Divari and Melissa is, tr- is about to announce Tahano. And then she goes, oh shit, and moves out of the way because Tahano <laughs> is running, running to the ring. And they immediately start throwing hands. Divari freaking pushes Tahano over almost immediately and just starts wailing on him on the floor. Oh, yeah. They're just straight up wailing on each other back and forth. And by the the match lasts very short because at one point, Tahano just knocks the ref over it, while they're too busy trying to fight each other, which, oops, DQ. Mm. Mm-hmm. So that's the official match ending. But it, it doesn't really matter because they just spend the whole time just continuing to throw hands. Pretty much. But then Davari leaves the ring and Tejano's like, what the fuck, bro? Th- the end. Yep. So yeah. I assume that we will see more from that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in the days and weeks ahead. Yep. But the upcoming next, we get the K- the tag team match, King Cuerno and Cage versus Prince Puma and Hernandez. Oh yeah, which that devolved now, yeah, did that? Oh yeah, I mean he Conan tries to play peacemaker. It starts off okay enough. Hernandez starts as the first legal man for for Team Dysfunctional 2.0, and Puma's kind of hesitant to tag in, but he does. And... He overall does, and it's overall you know about as dysfunctional as the fun and dysfunctional was. Earlier. Yeah, yeah, and Hernandez is kind of being a cheeky kid about it. Like he's kind of almost acting like, "Oh, what's the problem? I don't, I don't see a problem. Come here, brother. Give me, yeah, give come me on, a man. Come on, man. Yeah, he got to be tagged for happily get, He happily gives up the tag in. It's like, okay, smarmy dick. What, what do you? What, what's going on? Here? Yeah, but then. <laughs> But then, uh, what was the first thing that he did? Because the se- I know the next thing he well, does he, is the he, dies he, on the die, but I forget he, the first thing he kind of start. Well, it, it starts to progress with him encroaching on on Puma's move opportunities. Basically, oh shit! I re- like, yeah, I remember now. So yeah, like, he's, he's, like, he starts one... to he starts to kind of get in the way of Puma doing what he wants to do, and he's like, Nah, nah, let me handle this. Yeah, and, he, he and, and we have Conan from the shy the just moment. just just impotently shouting, "Hernandez, teamwork, teamwork!" Hernandez, Hernandez has AirPods and he can't hear him. Oh no! Oh god! Oh no! And then at one point, you know, Cage and Cuerno are down on the floor, mm-hmm. and 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 um, and uh, Puma is setting up to do his dive. Yep, and fucking. Hernandez just does his stupid strut on the apron in front of Puma. Yeah. <laughs> so, and blocks Puma's way. 
Yeah, he he's really starting to get he's he's really starting to 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 become a true problem here. Oh God, it's Doing so bad! Stress. It's so bad! Oh no, it's so goofy. But so Pooh is like, bro, what are you doing? <laughs> and eventually, the tie the the eventually it's a setup of like Hernandez and Puma get knocked to the floor. Mm-hmm. And King Cuerno is setting up from the arrow from the depths of hell. Yes. And this is the real turning point as Conan is Hernandez, excuse me, just throws Puma in front of, of Cuerno. Yeah. To get hit by the arrow. Yup. And like it's and not even an accident. It can't even be construed as an accident. No, he, he shots him. clearly moves Puma in the way, moves himself out of the way. And just mm-hmm. lets it happen, baby. Yeah, and then, and then eventually Hernandez just picks Puma up and power bombs him into the into the side of the ring. Yeah, yeah, and then just and 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 this pisses Conan off something fears. He mm-hmm. he chases. He does little you know little, little Benny Hill chase of 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 Hernandez around the ring. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, but, but but Hernandez he bounces. He's he, he, out he, just, he, just, he just goes. Yeah. And in and in the chaos, Cuerno and Cage, they Quer, uh get the advantage. Cage hits the X Factor on Puma to pin him one, two, three. Yep. Another loss in a tag team match because of freaking Hernandez. Yep. And Hernandez is Hernandez, we see him count the pin with everyone else and he off to the side and he just looks so satisfied he's so happy to see puma my specific notes are cuerno and cage win because hernandez is a stupid asshole (laughs) you stupid asshole how does it feel to be such a stupid asshole stupid asshole yeah Yeah, fuck this guy (laughs) but so the conan the team conan has fallen apart hernandez and puma Never really got along, but well, they're definitely never getting along now. Unfortunate. Yep. Then we move ahead to uh, our next video package where we return to Black Lotus. Mm. Admittedly, not a lot of progression from where we were before. It's kind of the but, same thing, just with less. Yeah, but we, we, yeah, we do see her. She's attempting to run away and go back to the temple and dragon azteca and his booming feels like it was 80 yard voice yeah uh, is he dubbed i don't know i don't know if he's dubbed but it just feels like he's dubbed. it looks like it looks like the lips don't sink either it's weird anyway yeah anyway he's like no you you can't leave now your parents were defenseless but you won't be uh, if you stay Mm-hmm. Like you're not ready, he's gonna kill you. Yeah. And he's like, if you can beat me, then I'll let you leave. And so she like tries to punch him and he comedically blocks every single hit. Which she really doesn't try that hard to beat him. She just kind of throws the same punch over and over again. And it's yeah, and he just like blocks every fucking time. It's yeah. just taking one hand, just going back. Yeah, it's it's uh, she really didn't try on that one no she did not yeah. but he get he stuck he, he beats her and he's like see you're not ready and so she's like ugh fine i won't leave i won't run away and go fight matanza yeah. so thus far she is still to gotta train some more 
yep, yep, she, she reluctantly agrees. Wonder if she'll actually make a successful attempt at running away next time. We will have to see, won't we'll we? We'll find out. But next time, but then we get to the main event of episode 26, Alberto El Patron versus Johnny Mundo. Yes. Yes. And, and hell of a, hell of an interesting match to watch these two. I, I really like, uh, again, I said this in the front half. I really like where this, this rivalry is going. And these mm-hmm. two, they've clearly worked together before. Their in-ring chemistry is phenomenal. Uh, yep. They do a really good job at, at playing off each other. It's a, it's a, it's a hell of a good match overall. Definitely. Uh, it's, it's a match that is about the injuries, I think. Because Dude, all of Mundo's matches are about the injuries. Everyone wants to fuck up his legs. Nobody true, wants to but deal I, with the leggy boy. It's very true, but I gotta say this is the first match in a while I was actually a little afraid somehow. And I already knew he didn't actually get injured during doing this. Oh, but yeah. like he has this spot where he go where he falls to the outside and lands through yes. the stairs and breaks the wooden stairs. Yeah, and like I thought and the way he lands, I thought like he broke his leg somehow. That was so, that was such a crazy spot, dude. Holy mm. shit. Yo, yeah. But that, we yeah. get, we, we, it's, it's, a, again, it's a back and forth, hard hitting affair. Uh, Dart, he, uh, Mundo does a lot of stuff to the, uh, El Patron's back, which weirdly Patron wrestles the whole match in the shirt until the very, very end. Yeah. But, I, uh, yeah. I noticed that, and I'm like, I'm like, it must be really funny wrestling Patronal. He's wearing a shirt of himself. Yeah. Also, shout out to Patron catching Mundo in the single most unique spot I have ever seen in my entire fucking life, and that he manages to catch Mundo inside the apron. He like pulls the apron. Oh yeah. Mundo's going for like a jump or something, and Mundo just freaking falls down or topples over into it or. Or something, and just and just disappears into the apron. That's the wildest oh, yeah, that spot cool. I have ever seen. Oh yeah, that was really cool. But eventually, he hits the Starship Pain. I don't remember what he calls it now. That's uh-huh. his WWE name. He hits his his flippy signature move. But up, oh, Val Patron's in the rope. Got his hand on the rope. Yes. And then El Patron is able to quickly get uh, Johnny Mundo in an arm bar in the arm in the in the arm breaker, but but yeah, the but leggy Mundo, boy prevails. Yeah, he's able to stretch he flips his, his body over and gets his long ass leg onto the rope from practically the middle of the ring. What? Yeah, the it was fuck? pretty sick. Why um, are his legs so long? Yeah, but now poor now poor Mundo is two limbs down. Yep. And he's fighting, he's trying, but eventually um El Patron is able to keep hitting hit taking advantage of where he's injured right now. And eventually he super kicks him square in the face yep. and pins him for the one, the two, and two the, the three. As you do. Also, on the subject of Vampira wilding out, I really have to to highlight here how much Vamp was really feeling his movie references for this for this match. He talks about some which which Marvel movie was he going off about? Striker Striker tries to allude, oh was tries that Striker? To, yeah, Striker God, Striker is like is like 
you know, this if like this is like superheroes fighting. It's like Captain America and Iron Man. And he tries to defend himself of being like if that that reference I just saw the movie, which by the which confused me because I was like I don't think Civil War was out yet and it wasn't. This took place in 2015, which okay it aired in May of 2015, right around when Eight Avengers: Age of Ultron would have come out. Yep. But it was filmed in February of 2015. So, so he's yeah. referencing a movie that hasn't come out yet. And I was like, Striker, you nerd. But then Vampiro references uh what movie would he reference? You he, some De Niro movie. It was a De Niro movie. I don't remember which one. I, like, I, don't, you know, I don't know. Hit you in the hit hit you know, hit you in the face, you're not gonna look pretty no more. Yeah. And he's hope and he's like, I hope I hope Johnny Mundo does that to El Patron tonight. That yeah, that and 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 Striker's like, okay, fam. Good ref. Striker's just like, what the fuck are you talking about, bro? What are you doing? These Striker and Vamp are two men who, by all accounts and technical definitions, can can uh, communicate with language properly, but also by all accounts sometimes just kind but of don't forget. And just kind of use words in their own special way, and neither have are entirely sure what the hell the other is talking about. It's great somehow. They are very funny. Yep. But El Patron gets the dub. He will be facing Hernandez in a number one contenders match. Mm -hmm. uh, a little bit of a surprise in that very sense of like you expect a baby face to win the match. But well, at the same time, Patron is the baby face here. He's the friggin' cultural champion. Everyone's losing their goddamn minds watching him walk into that ring. That's true. And if you think about it, the live crowd has seen none of the heels turn stuff. From well, Patron, that's what I realized been, too. They when he's seen been being shit talking Mundo. Mundo in the bathroom or Hell, whatever. I would. I wouldn't even be surprised if the crowd was totally cool with that. I would not be remotely surprised. He's their. He's no, their they would be. You know, this crowd is very much a violent. Who's the most violent? That's who we're gonna. This play. show just cares the least about babyface versus heel half the time that mm -hmm. of all the wrestling shows I've seen. There's so much gray morality here. So much like, like we have guys that act worse than others. But at the end of the day, everyone's kind of screwing everybody over. Even top babyface champion Prince Puma willingly ended Drago's career. Um, the only the only unequivocally good person I can think of are like Sexy Star and her and her kind of periphery, um, and all the rest is just we're dog eat dog world as orchestrated by Dario Cueto. Sorry about it. Yeah, pretty much. Um, yeah. So. But I was going to say is that is, even though that Alberto is a heel as well as Hernandez is, it also does add more intrigue to the match because both guys have had picked fights with Puma. So mm -hmm. the match, in terms of like story narrative, can yeah. really go either way. It's so yeah. who's actually going to win. Whereas I, Mundo, I like Mundo versus Hernandez. Hernandez is probably a little more obvious. Yeah. I see. I kind of feel like I, 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 I kind of had the opposite uh, uh, the uh, the opposite thought actually I I had an inkling that it was gonna be that it, that it was gonna be 
uh, uh, Patron who got put over. But I also feel like it's very obvious that Hernandez is the one who's going to get that contendership because he mm. is the the one whom has betrayed Prince Puma. And so I would definitely the, say he's the favorite to win either way. Yeah, and I what what really what I was wondering about there uh, would be if Patron would be willing to to put over more willing to put over Hernandez or Mundo basically. Um, mm-hmm. And I feel like letting Patron advance further in this contendership section uh, probably or Patron mm-hmm. move forward is is the is the move to make more sense. Um, yeah, I don't know. I feel like I feel like Hernandez is definitely the fave to win ultimately and and go. Again yeah, sure, sure. Uh, but that ends the main the in ring portion of our program. We do have one more thing to do. Yeah, they and... do another credit fake out. Yeah, we and we get the we get a spooky scene. The rock. There's can there's candles in darkness, and we see the casket and the rock, not Dwayne Johnson. The the earthquake. It's about rock. It's about power. Yeah, the the earthquake rock <laughs> has <laughs> has come, and 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 you have and um you have Katrina. Doing a monologue about how death is the end for 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 some people, but not for you. I for, I didn't write down what name she said, but it's Pasquale Mendoza. Pasquale Mendoza oh, was wait, just checked. Wait, is wait. not his real real name, but that is his character's real name. Wait, wait, everybody, wait! I need to commemorate a gigantic moment that just happened here on this podcast. Blink and you miss it. I knew a name better than Austin. Let's fucking go. All right, I'll give you credit for that one. Yeah, baby. Pasquale Mendoza is the in-character real name of Mil Muertes before he becomes... I guess that makes sense. I assume his parents didn't name him a thousand deaths. That'd be a little weird. (laughs) That would be weirdly prophetic, kind of gauche. And also, just are you guys okay? Yes, a lot of questions to be had here. <laughs> if that was his real legal name, but Speaking of questions to be asked, though, hey Katrina, why are you licking the corpse of your of your abusive ex boyfriend? Oh, the that's exactly that how she gets off. <laughs> you know what? Fair. Why am I even questioning it? Anyway, we. I. I. I have talked to David. We talked about this before he went on air off on air here, but yes, Katrina is reviving Mil Muertes. She licks the rock. She licks old uh, Mil Muertes and commands that he rise and he opens his eyes and Mil Muertes is alive again. Zombie Muertes. Again. He, you know, he Uno Muertes. Yes, this is the thousand and one deaths now. Yeah, baby. So yes, we're we have questions about her motivations, and I do not remember how I have I have an answer in my mind of like, oh yeah, this is why she did it. But I genuinely don't remember if it's a headcanon or if it's something they say specifically on air. Or if it's something they imply. I don't remember. So I don't really want to talk about it yet. But we did come to an answer as to why Katrina is like this. And if it seems like we're not going to get an answer, I'll go ahead and bring it up then. 
we have a prediction. Let's do this. Yeah. But we, but yes, that questions will have to be answered then of why Katrina has decided to bring back Mil Muertes. Mm. Mm. It's a mystery. It is a mystery, and I do love those. We do. We uh, do good wrestling mystery. So yeah, uh, that's that covers Lucha Underground season one, episode twenty-five, twenty-six. Again, it it hundred percent. It, it's it's a little bit of repeating ourselves to keep saying this. Yeah, uh, Lucha Underground is really really good, and it's I thought this episode good. was a really good mix of wrestling and story stuff. And I love the story stuff on this show, dude. Mm-hmm. It's such a, it's so unique. Give me more yeah, always. So it's oh, it's so great. Oh. And I'm very excited for us to get back to it. Always, uh, always. The next time on the Noobs oh. and Knockouts podcast, we return to uh. 2003. Uh. We have learned. We have now. The accusation has now been made that Kane is a murderer. Oh. But it's time now to you know get the full backstory of kane are you ready for the first big kane backstory retcon because here we are next week we will be returning to monday night raw on 03 to get the backstory of katie vick i'm ready to make another vain attempt to quit this show and it will continue to not work damn it damn it oh but Look. until then, until then, David, hit our plugs. Yes, sir. All right, my friends, my dear, dear friends. Thank you so much for once again joining us on yet another episode of the Noobs and Knockouts podcast. We are delighted to have you here. If this is your, uh, if you're a returning listener, viewer, what have you, thank you so much for once again welcoming us back into your eardrums, your eyeballs, whatever the hell you use, sense wise to consume our show. Uh, uh, we hope you, we hope you've had a great time once again. If you are a first time listener, viewer, what have you, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, we hope you've had a great time. We here at the Noobs and Knockouts podcast like to think that we are welcoming to both noobs and knockouts alike. So whether you are brand new to the wrestling fandom or a, or a veteran of this whole crazy world, we 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 welcome you into our open arms. Uh, we hope you've had a great time. We hope you want to continue to have a great time with us. If you would like to join us in the future and you're not entirely sure how to do so, well, not to worry, my friends. I have you covered. First of all, you can find us on YouTube. We are the Noobs and Knockouts Podcast on YouTube. Hit subscribe. Ring that bell. Make sure it turns a nice little solid color so you get a notification every single drive when we drop a new episode. Uh, uh, like, comment. Uh, add us to your playlist. Check out our playlist. All of uh, the storylines that we follow are organized into a nice little playlist that you can you can check through. Uh, so if you want to follow a specific arc, era, whatever, without skipping around a whole lot, bada bing, bada boom, nice and easy there. And if you check out some of the more recent episodes, you can see our beautiful faces up on screen as well as we talk and gesticulate and make dumb faces and what have you and, and have an awesome new layout. It's a great time. Check us out on YouTube. If you are a fan of the audio-only experience, there are three main places you can find us there. Uh, you can find us on three of the, the best places to find your podcast, which are Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. Come listen to us. Download us, rate us, review us. Uh, once again, shouting out Spotify now just added ratings to their podcasts. So if you could please l- give us a listen, give us a five-star rating, that would be much appreciated. You know, give us a good review on Google and Apple as well. Just let these let, let the algorithms know. These guys are pretty cool. I think they're pretty cool. You all should maybe check them out maybe a little more. It's, pretty, it's a pretty great time. I'm just saying, I don't know. Uh, so be sure to check us out once again on Spotify, Apple, Google Podcasts. Uh, 
you can also find us, uh, get in more direct contact with us in kind of three main places. First of all is our Twitter. Follow us on at Noobs and Knox Pod on Twitter. That's Noobs, letter N, Knox Pod on Twitter. Check us out there. We we engage with the broader wrestling fandom. We engage in discourse. We drop tank memes. We post every single time we put out a new episode so you guys know what the hell's going on. And, of course, the highlight of our Twitter is weekly wrestling live tweeting. My friend, what is on the docket coming up? Of course. Uh, as usual, every single week, uh, the one wrestling show that I definitely watch live every single week, and David too, to be honest, yeah, is AEW Dynamite Dynamite live and Rampage and Rampage. Yes, uh, live Dynamite is live every week on TBS, 8 p.m. Eastern. Hmm. Uh, it's 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 a great time. I I can obviously personally recommend it. Fantastic show. Uh, we're live tweeting that every week, but in addition, we also live tweet, uh, WWE, AEW and impact wrestling pay-per-views. So upcoming, we have first uh, for WWE on January 29th, let's get ready to rumble. Let's get ready to Royal rumble. It is the Royal rumble season. Greatest wrestling mat match stipulation of all time. 30 men or women enter and winner walks out with a championship match at WrestleMania. Fuck yeah. Uh, upcoming, we have the win in the, for the match so far. We have the men's and women's Royal Rumble matches, as well as Brock Lesnar versus Bobby Lashley for the WWE Championship, Becky Lynch versus Dewdrop for the Raw Women's title. Edge and Beth Phoenix versus The Miz and Maurice in a mixed tag team match. The Battle of the Married Couples. And uh, Roman Reigns versus Seth Rollins for the Universal Championship. That's yeah, buddy, crazy. he's fighting someone other than Brock Lesnar. Thank God. Holy fucking Louia. It's going to be pretty sweet, I think, looking at that. Uh, that is January 29th. You'll be able to watch that on WWE streaming service. Uh, connection with Peacock. Uh, five four four nine nine a month with ads, nine 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 a month without ads, or internationally, you'll be able to still use the WWE network. Mm-hmm. Coming up for AEW on March sixth is Revolution. Revolution. Their next pay per view, uh, that's available on traditional pay per view outlets, Fight TV, uh, excuse me, Bleacher Report, and on and in some select Cinemark theaters. Check that out. But yeah. right now. They still even have a couple of special episodes of Dynamite to get through, let alone getting to their next pay-per-view. So we don't have any matches of that set up yet, but I can already see some. I can feel like I can tell where certain things are going on the show, and that's and it's looking really hype. I'm going to tell you that much. And then, of course, coming out for Impact Wrestling is Rebellion. Uh, their next pay-per-view on April 23rd, available on traditional pay-per-view outlets and Fight TV. Again, that is several months out. Impact and AEW both only do four pay-per-views a year as opposed to WWE doing monthly pay-per-views. Thank so God. it's it's going to be a while before Rebellion has any real matches on it, but we're going to keep bringing it up every single week to remind you guys. And as they start getting matches on, we'll let you know. Yeah, that baby. Is, that is where our a uh, w our uh, Twitter uh, game is right now. 
yeah, so be sure to check all that out. It's a great time. We love our mm-hmm. live tweeting thing. Uh, it's super fun. Austin's great on the when when he takes the reins. He's super funny, super insightful. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes I get to take the reins. I like to think it's a pretty good time with me too. Just just come hang out with us. We're I like to think we're a pretty good time to watch wrestling with. So check so mm-hmm. check that out. We also have an email account. You can email us at noobsandknockoutspod at gmail.com. That's noobs, the word and this time, knockoutspod at gmail.com. Come say hi to us. Tell us what you think of the show, what you like, what you don't like, uh, things you want to see more of on the show, less of special requests for arcs, eras, companies, one-offs, wrestling-adjacent media, whatever. We we just we would love to hear it. Uh, come start discourse with us. Yell at us for our hot takes or whatever. Just come say hi. We like to say hi, people. Uh, we, lo- we like people saying hi. We, we, we like saying hi back. So be sure to come say hi to us over at noobsandknockoutspod at gmail.com. And finally, you can also find us on Patreon. We are also the Noobs and Knockouts podcast on Patreon. $1 a month gets you early access to episodes and a shout-out at the end of each episode. See y'all next time. Hasta luego.